Our panel of break-fix petrolheads are back for another rousing what-should-I-buy debate. Using unique shopping criteria, they are challenged to find our first-time collector the best vehicle that will make their friends go, where do you get that? Or what the hell is wrong with you? At the next Cars and Coffee. So as you guys heard, we did a ugliest cars episode. So yeah, there were some cars that were too ugly, even for their mama to love. And they got left out on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. But we also put together a B-Sides. So this is really a sidebar conversation as we're sitting around drinking and getting prepared for the real episode, a whole bunch of other cars fell out on the floor. And as always, I'm your host, Brad. And I'm Eric. So let's roll. We're going to talk about some ugly cars. Ugly cars. Ugly, fugly, ugly. Let's get, let's, let's get it going. Who's, who's got some ugly ass cars that they want to talk about? Other than the obvious choices. I mean, we've got the so, HHR, the PT Cruiser, square body Chevys. Here, I'll, I'll <laughs> kick us off by rolling, let's see, what I think is an ugly car, especially when it first came out. I, I think the Mark V Jetta specifically, but the Mark V Golfs and GTIs and stuff too, they were terrible. They were ugly, ugly, ugly cars. When, I, when it first came out, I thought I was looking at the new Corolla. That's how terrible I thought it was. I thought someone took a Mark IV, they put like an air pipe onto it and just blew a bunch of air into it and expanded it. I think they're hideous. I will give you the taillights look like a Corolla. I mean, it's it's the David Hasselhoff drunk on the on the floor of the Burger King trying to eat a cheeseburger. That's the Mark V to me. <laughs> the non-GLI, there was way too much chrome on the front of that car. Yeah, yeah. That entire front grille was chrome unless it was a GLI. Volkswagen spent too much time watching Paul Wall videos. They had to get that chrome grill. The R32 might as well be Lil Wayne. It's like all chrome up front. <laughs> it is bad. Yet their commercials were unpimp Z Auto. What other ugly oddities do we want to talk about before Eric pulls up his PowerPoint? As a, you know, Toyota typical, typical dweeb. The Aston Martin Lagonda. Uh, oh, come on. I like that car. Okay. okay. That's one opinion. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that looks like it was stepped on. That is a horrible car. I mean, they, they went to Track Auto and bought all of the Wagner square headlights they could find and just bolted them on the front of that thing. The best part of that, that car was big, big, big dollars. The front of that reminds me of a Dustbuster. <laughs> Wait, does it have massive flip-up headlights as well, in addition to all those lights in the front grille? Just in case you couldn't see. but Because there's like two big trap drawers in the front of the hood. You know what other vehicles got something like that? The Jeep Cherokee. It's got the little eye slit lights that aren't actually headlights, and then it's got headlights on top of that. Uh, so that so a related one to that was on my list, which is the first gen Nissan Juke. Like oh, like it had these little like weird slanted things that were the headlights, and then below that were fog lights that looks like they should be the headlights. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Mike, it does have pop-up lights. So when it pop up, there's an additional total of four extra square lights. <laughs> there's two on each side. Just wow. put, it, put it in Lagonda headlight. It's the family truckster. But you know what's funny, Mike? With the headlights up, tell me it doesn't look like a BMW 850. I see I see the family truckster with all those headlights. Yeah, but that's not necessarily anything good. You, you know, the, oh, that thing. Oh, what is that? That looks like a hearse version of that car. Volvo and a Lagonda had a baby. Like, that is horrendous. Is that actually a It's Hurst? the Lagonda V70. It's the Lagonda shooting rig. 
enough. There is not enough Tannerite in the world to take care of that. That car is probably 35 feet long. <laughs> Good God. That's the Inspector Gadget car, right? It does look like that. No, what did he drive? He drove the... Uh... It was a Nissan, right? It was that weird Nissan that they made in the 90s, I th- or the late 80s, I thought. I think this is Mike's next wagon. Oh, my God. That is brutal. <laughs> that I mean, that is- yeah, it does remind me of the Inspector Gadget car. That reminds me of an Alcamino with a cap. <laughs> That's awesome. Here, you're going to love this one. You are going to love this picture, I swear. Hopefully, it shows up. Oh, hollow notes. Poor man, Ferrari. You got to describe it for our listeners there, Brad. What do, what do we got here? We've got the Pontiac Fiero no. Hollow Notes Edition. <laughs> She's a rich girl. Hollow Notes mm. aren't rich girls, apparently, because they're driving Pontiac Fiero. And let's not forget, Tested is one of 1984's best handling American cars. Well, <laughs> that is not saying much. You know, compared compared to what else was for sale in 1984 from America, it is. And, you know, the, the, the real shame of it is, because I read an article about those stupid things. What did, when did they just continue with 1987 or 88, I think? Not soon enough. I think, actually, the best handling American car in 84 was probably a square body Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> you just made Dan the happiest person in the I know. World. I was looking to get a smile out of him. Here's the thing about the Fiero. I actually like them. I do too. And they can be modified to, to look really good. The body kits on them make them phenomenal. Now, yeah. I'm not oh, the ones that make them look like another car. <laughs> yeah, they're great. I'm talking about the Ferrari kits that you can get for them. I'm talking the actual, they had some uh, ground effects. Kits yeah, they for did. Them. They look phenomenal. And the 2M6, the last ones, yeah. the last year, the 88s, yeah. I think they were. The, with they the, finally fixed all the problems that they yeah. had on them. And the last year, was a, it was a phenomenal. They problem. also had those BBS, gold BBS uh, basket weave wheels. I mean, they weren't bad looking in the last year. They put the spoiler on them, the body kit from the factory. It was okay. like rod. The, the real reason, well, there's two reasons why I added the Fiero. One, because I don't fit in them. Uh, so that kind of makes me a little jealous. And two, I just wanted to share this picture. Classic Hall of Notes right there. That's pretty yeah. pretty awesome. Well, the last the last year of the of Fiero is when they finally got rid of the Chevette steering. Yes. When it was they, it was introduced too early and it was basically a Chevy Chevette, a mid-engine Chevy Chevette. Hey, 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 don't be messing with the X19. Yeah, that- you want to talk about fucking there, there's the Italian Fiero. It's not that it's ugly, it's that it was just a fucking dog. The only th- the only good thing about an X19 is you you could be seen in it for a long time. I mean, that is that is the downside of the X19. Honestly, it's a good looking car, but it is slow as dirt. I mean, you could you could floor it to pull away from the stoplight and they'd still see you for 20 minutes. If you handed me an X19, I'd be all over it. I'm okay with that. Now I will say, whatever whatever ugly car you're talking about, if you want to make it uglier, throw some 90s Pontiac rims on it. Look at look at any of those 80s, 90s cars today where you just you can't believe that people bought them, but that was what they had available. And you know what, Brad? I don't like yellow cars, but the X19 looks good in yellow. I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> if it has to be a cartoonist rendering of a vehicle, you know it's ugly. What's wrong with the X19? It looks like a Fiero. God, but not near as cool. I mean, so does the 914. 914's an ugly duckling, too. That right there is what's wrong with the X19. That picture alone. What, the pop-up headlights? The way those pop-up headlights look on the front of the car. Yeah. I, 
914 looks identical. If you pull up a picture of 914 with the headlights up, they're the same. No, it has a it has a bumper. It doesn't end. It doesn't terminate immediately. Well, there you go. You you have a piece of crap in your your garage then, because that looks like garbage. I don't like the 914 with the headlights up. I, I that's the only angle I don't like. I like the 914 a lot. Actually, I like the 914 more than the X19. But but those headlights have to be t- welded shut at this point. Just weld them shut. And 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 Brad to the Fiero argument about being ugly. Like I can appreciate it because a it's mid engine and then everything else. But when you take that design and you kind of stretch it out and add these like big prison doors on it and call it a Beretta, then we have a problem. <laughs> you also got to give it that really powerful. You got to give it that really powerful three point four liter V six too. <laughs> So I'll tell you this, Jess owned a Beretta in white with a bird. Oh, I'm sorry. With the 3.4 liter, right? I drove it. Doors must have been l- built with, out of lead and filled with cement because were, they were like bank vault doors. And so Jess used to always say that was like the ultimate like rapist car because when you got in it, it was very difficult to get out. You were like trapped in the Beretta. <laughs> His doors were like so heavy. You park, you park nosed uphill and they can't get the door Pretty, open. Pretty much, yeah, you were done. <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank. What is that a Pontiac car that- Aztec. No, that's a troll piece of crap as well but no i think it was a pontiac it, it was it was like sunfire a... yes was <laughs> Caval- the cavaliers pontiac cousin i broke one of those on a rental on a yes, business trip that thing thank you drawing a blank well, the sunfire was to get women's attention they came in these weird pinks and shit like that that it was for the purpose of getting women in, interested in the cars but the problem yeah. was they took the they took the the camaro and they tried to shrink it because it had the same funky rear end and those wide hips, and those, it just didn't look right. I, I think all Pontiac Sunfires <clears throat> were owned by strippers, and they all smelled. <laughs> they all, every single one, came from the factory smelling like cigarette smoke <laughs> and strawberry body gel. Yes. Here's a big problem with any of the cars in the U.S. because all of the big wigs in control of design stuff. When there's a good idea, they shoot it down every time. And the Fiero is a huge example of that. Because that car, originally designed, was supposed to be way better. And the big was like, nope, we don't want to dump the money into that. So we're gonna then, how did, then how did the Aztec make it into production? The same reason the Ford LTD made it into production. No, no the Ford LTD, say what you will about the Ford LTD, but it was just another big American car. The Aztec looks like it got beat by the ugly stick, and then someone broke it over his head. They went to all the focus groups and picked one thing out of each focus group that they that they said they wanted. Did they? And were they threw all everything else crack? out? There was some redneck in the background go, "I like them nostrils on the Firebird. I need that on my SUV." <laughs> I for the Aztec. I think the writers and directors from Breaking Bad, long before the story was written, went to General Motors and said, we've got a story we want to we want to write and, and broadcast. We need a vehicle that says I'm a midlife crisis loser with no life, no soul. I'm going to die. And that is paradise to me. I need a car for that. that so, they already yeah. made that. It's called the Geo Metro. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, you know who bought the Aztec? If you look at if you look at the package, nobody, nobody bought the Aztec. Well, I've seen exactly zero on the road. Well, 
General Motors, you know, they you can lease a uh, a General Motors product if you work for General Motors for you know for practically nothing. And this is when I was working in Detroit. Apparently, quite a few of those middle managers had Aztecs because there was nothing else on the roster. In other words, you want to you want to lease a uh, sixty a Pontiac six thousand SKE, you have to have an Aztec. You you want to get a Firebird, you have to have an Aztec. You want a Cadillac? You have to have an Aztec because they couldn't sell them. Yeah. It was the same. Was the same reason why Ford corporate guys were driving two-door Explorer Sports forever. Couldn't sell them. I just want to know what the Aztec is built on because if if it anything, if it was built on a GM 360 chassis like the Trailblazer and the Equinox and all those, it'd be one thing. But it's kind of like what the hell is it built on? It's a piece of crap. I'm gonna speak in its defense for a minute because. The Aztec did have some cool options, like the camping aspect where they had the tent that came out the back. Yeah. Did you just use cool and Aztec in the same sentence? Sadly, yes. It was well if but you, did it if have to be shaped like a juice box? Well, if it, you don't look at it, it's it was a it was wonderful, but so is the Porsche 928. Yeah, I mean the, the it had a lot of cool options, but it was not functional. I mean, if you want to go camping, where are you going with an Aztec? You're going to the mall parking lot. You can't go off-road with it. It didn't have road clearance. It didn't no. have traction. So You're going the same place most Jeep owners go, the mall parking lot. True. Yeah. So. <laughs> when we get to the next car, bring up the link I send in chat. It's a comparison of the new Mitsubishi Eclipse SUV and a Pontiac Aztec. Brother from another mother. We talk about this in the drive-thru, and we ask the question, the hard-hitting questions, why the F does Mitsubishi still make cars? This is they a do. prime example of that question why the f do they still make cars well that's the thing in in the u.s market they don't make any cars anymore they only make crossovers and SUVs. this is a car I, this is what i mean by cars i don't mean but but specifically I, a car. I believe in the japanese market they still make small cars because they sell they're one of the over here they don't sell manufacturers one of the largest industries in industrial uh, enterprises in the world you can buy your mitsubishi tv and haul it home with your mitsubishi eclipse suv that's right. I Along with your Mitsubishi uh, air conditioner. Right. Well, that's your that's, that's that's Mitsubishi. That's great if they sell cars in Japan, but they should not sell car. They should not sell vehicles with four wheels that provide forward motion in the United States market. They barely do anymore. It's like it's like a Zuzu before a Zuzu died. Uh, see, I'm cool with the Aztec like that as an off-roader. I think it's I think if it's that's mean. how they would have built it originally, I would have been okay with it. Yeah. Well, but you Except know, I think it's, it's two-wheel drive. But it's funny you say that because remember the, the Suzuki Samurai was a joke. <laughs> there and, you go, then, right there. Fire chicken Aztec. And then all the four wheel guys wanted bought them because they because they were awesome off road. Hey, and they were great because if they rolled over, they were the same height and width and and well, yeah. and length, so you could roll them over easier. Here's the Pontiac Aztec Tribal Tattoo Edition. We'll that back. screams '90s and early 2000s. Oh yeah. And whoever drove what the, the hell is that official case? What body spray? Axe body sprays reserved for HHRs. No, trust me, that tribal Aztec had plenty. But- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is- these are the people that buy the Pontiac Aztec. Look at that one with well, the gray one with the wheels. Man, you keep skipping the good ones. That one. Yeah. Hang on, hang on. That I don't think here's like- the best one. God. I've had a good bit of scotch, but no amount of scotch prepared me for that taxi Aztec picture. Let me tell you. 
I I'm well, I'm okay with yeah, that. I actually, like that. that looks pretty good. Scroll back up, Brad, because on the top left pictures there was now keep all on. these cars with double layered headlights and double layered grills just look ridiculous. They look stupid, and maybe it's an artifact that most cars aren't that way, and we're very uh, trains in in thinking of a car has a set of lights and one grill not oh let me decide to double stack front ends so along those lines and that brings up a good point the tesla model 3 and the front end of the tesla model 3 annoys me due to the lack of grill yes i also dislike that i also dislike no grill and that also is probably an artifact of just being so trained visually to have a grill on a, or on the front of the but yeah the the aztec has like nostrils and a mouth it just looks weird well, the first ones were even worse when they had that cladding on them. Like, the, the ones that had the cladding were really hideous. The ones that were at least monocolor were monocolor. Quite as bad. So that, the cladding, the only reason the cladding was removed was because of the economic crisis. GM wanted to save money. So they made a, the cladding an option on not just the Aztec. It was also on the Avalanche. Wait, you made a shitty decision based on economics? No, that would never happen. No, actually, by, by your definition, they made a smart decision by removing oh. the cladding for economics. Oh, yes. So you mentioned the uh, avalanche, Mike, and I agree. When they did the plastic molding for the back section, I get what they were trying to do with going back, like a throwback to the 70s and 80s where they'd have like the roll bar or something in the back. But when they did it out of plastic, everything faded so badly, it just made them look hideous. Well, so they left that part on. They took off the body cladding on the bottom side of the door. Yeah. Which I, I actually preferred how the Aztec looked with the cladding because it provided the contrast. Without the contrast, it looks weird. Yeah. The, the top... I, feel the, I feel the other way around. I, they're ugly either way, but... All right, what else we got on the list? But you want to talk about bad General Moron's products, Cadillac Cimarron. Oh, dude, that is... that that. I mean, my daughter would design the look of that car. It's, it's like what a kid would draw in terms of... Well, how do you take the shittiest, cheapest car GM makes... And then make it worse. Let's add leather and wood. But they didn't learn because they made the Katera, which was literally a Chevy Malibu with a different no, badge. Was, no, actually it was an Opal. And in Europe, it was an awesome car. But we're Americans and we want big, soft, cushy, automatic transmission cars. The Katera was a Malibu, was an Oldsmobile Cutlass, was the um what was the what buick was version i don't Skylark. remember Skylark. But, yeah, but but like the the katera of those years was literally the same exact body they only changed the front grille between the cadillac and the chevy and and the oldsmobile i thought it was based on like the opal omega or the vectra yeah no it was, it was it was an opal it was it wasn't gm parts bin at least not u.s parts bin but then the GTO, the GTO is not is parts bin GM, but not U.S. parts bin either. Yeah, that's Holden. This was British GM parts bin, if I recall. Yeah, right. It's it's the Opel Omega B, but they they sold it in the U.S. as all of those. Right, right, they right. Sold it literally. They just changed the grill for the the Oldsmobile and the uh, Chevy when they changed from the Alero to the Cutlass. You know, the Alero had different body style. Alero was weird, but it wasn't ugly. Like I could tolerate that car. Christy had one. It was it was actually a fun little car. And what's really funny is in in Germany they sold it as a Chevrolet. Really? You got you guys are way too young for this, but you, you don't remember this beautiful car from my childhood, the Chevy Chetation X11. 
Citation? Citation? Oh, yes. The Chevy Citation. The first front-wheel drive. The X11 was a V6 performance car. The Citation. I love that. Look, look yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the Citation. Yes. So, oh, that there reminds me. There's a reason why. So, and there was a kid I went to high school with who had one who thought he was hot shit for years. All right. So who's got another one for us like, to pick well, I want to go back to the Citation. Yeah. The, the Citation? The Citation? Yeah. Because if you, in that time period, if your cha choice was the Citation, let's go with the X11. Yes. Would you still choose the Citation or would you choose the K car, the Plymouth Aries? I'm an Iacocca man. I'm taking the Aries. Well, well it's considering. Talk about, talk about the most boring, mundane office car. I hate my job. Kind yeah, of car. There you go. I was I thinking about the Dodge Intrepid. The Baron. Well, come on. The, the best Kate car ever made was a Chrysler Imperial. What's wrong with you people? Oh my God. There's so we, many K-based cars. It's not even funny. We had a Chrysler New Yorker when I was growing up that had the air ride, the air leveling suspension in the back. Oh, well, see, only, the only reason I could think that existed was so the mobsters could put bodies in the back and it wouldn't sag. <laughs> and, you, and you say that like it's a bad thing. Didn't someone once compare the Intrepid to a suppository? <laughs> <laughs> it's the insipid you you may or you 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 guys again are way too young for this ford had an advertisement for the grenada and it was uh, name a car a grenada. It, <laughs> that it wrote it wrote so well that the guy would that the guy was going to uh cut a diamond in it because the ride was so smooth and of course he cut his balls um, off well well it gets better because Saturday Night Live did a parody on it with a, doing a mall in the back seat of a Granada as it's been driven. And the rabbi, you hear, wow, it's a boy. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to talk about ugly Fords, for the, we, we, that's a huge list. But the Ford <laughs> Granada, my uncle had one. Two or four door? He had the two door. Okay, so it wasn't quite as bad. It was the inline six. Oh. The hood was like probably eight foot long. Yep. Shorter and, than a Viper. So, and the car was ugly as hell. And for the smooth ride, it's because you seriously felt like you were going up and down constantly on a waterbed because there was no stiffness of the suspension. You were just like floating around. Water-filled shocks. That's that road-hugging weight that the Ford has. And I, I will give it credit, though, because the one my uncle had lasted to the point where the frame was about to fall in half. He had it. <laughs> And he finally, actually, it was probably about twelve years ago. Finally, jumped it. Wow. He he drove it. It was so bad, like in it, in its brand new condition, it was hideous. But it was even worse because as the rust spots on it got bad, he would sand them down and he'd primer so there'd be squares of different colored primer in different spots. Uh, 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 you're supposed to you're supposed to leave that patina. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a mod now. <laughs> a patina Granada. So we're gonna. Yes. Straight to the jugular of the Ford catalog, there is, I only have to say one word. Thunderbird? Tell us, we're too young to know this, but all I have to say is Edsel. Yeah, but that wasn't really a Ford. That was, that, well, that was, that was just, that was stupidity in, in incarnate. And it is yeah. a heinous looking car. It looks like someone wanted to, to have something to screw in their garage at night. <laughs> 
that grill, man. That grill. Woo! All right, so I'm going to step out of the box a little bit from cars and go to trucks. Oh, God. Having to – Ford F-150. Here did Mike have? Because that was an ugly F-150. That was an ugly F-150. That was the Taurus F-150. <laughs> oh, my God. So having to drive one on a daily basis while I was stationed over in England, the DAF, like, box truck was a hideous, worthless vehicle. It had a four-cylinder diesel, five-speed, and I think the top speed I was ever able to get up to was like 38 mile an hour. It's basically look for the 90s DAF van. DAF, yeah. But it's, it's so Peugeot made a van that looks the same. Iveco, which is owned by oh yeah, Fiat. Mm-hmm. They all look the same basically. They're just they're kind of like the the Sprinter of the 1980s. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, they're really nothing fancy. Speaking of Ivecos, they're actual box like the flat nose box trucks. I had to run one of them when I place I worked at. When I was doing oh, the one where you're like stuff. sitting on top of the oh, yeah, wheels? Yeah, oh, they're over. terrible. And that I hated that truck. And I've ridden in one of those. I will never do it again. It is so scary. I used to have to make runs from Frederick to Hagerstown hauling auto body supplies and heading up South Mountain. That actually doesn't Ooh. look that bad to me. If it was lifted with some knobby tires, it actually looked like it'd be pretty good. Not a daft no, fan no. if you did it right. They were too top heavy because you wind up going turtle and turtle's not good. <laughs> so you want to talk some ugly trucks how about the lm002 dude that thing is pretty gross and then there was what the cheetah i think was the other version it is not cool but on the same token it is cool because it's ugly right it's kind of like honestly i see that and it makes me think of a hummer, the hummer well that's where the it's, hummer got its it, it, the hummer why the only reason it now, was famous is because of arnold well, no, not only that. Well, the Hummer or this? Yeah, the Hummer. Well, this is famous because it's a Lamborghini and it has a V12. Not just that it has a V12. It has the Countach V12 with a five-speed. Yes. And it'll do 120 miles an hour. The Hummer is lucky if it'll move. Hey, now, my Nissan pickup, my old Nissan pickup truck did 112. This was known as the Rambo Lambo, right? I mean, dude, this thing, I think it might be ugly. But on the same token, the more you look at it, the cooler it is. Well, it's it's like the M coupe. It's ugly. You don't like it? Want to see the taillights? Yeah. Well, right. well, I, mean, I think I think off roaders are supposed to be ugly. Like I don't think off roaders are supposed to look pretty. They're not. They're not. They're not designed to be art. I'll put it this way: it's not any more attractive than any of the old Land Rovers. I mean, for that matter. Yeah. And that's not the point. What I'm getting at. Oh uh, yeah. I'm going to throw this question out to the field. The LM Triple Two. Or the Urus, which would you take? You don't know what the Urus looks like. You uh, pull it up, Brad. It's the new Lamborghini uh, SUV. To tap into my Colombian, Colombian cocaine drug lord roots, I want the LM002. I'm with you on that. I bet that comes with bulletproof glass. There's the oh. ugly in the conventional sense, which I think the LM002 is ugly in the conventional sense. Yes, us car guys are going to probably appreciate it more than Joe Schmo off the street. Right. And then there's the just stop which is the urus just just stop just, i kind of like the urus actually i think it's cool looking i don't even look at these two and put them in the same category for comparison i'm with you on that tanya i mean, well, I mean the urus your car potentially after a bodily part or function now the urus convertible <laughs> that brings me to another classic cross cabrio <laughs> oh man this turn <laughs> Is that the Murano? Is that the Murano convertible? Yeah. Uh-huh. I passed yep. two in a single day once in Maryland. 
It was the same one. They were no, they were different it colors. It was white yeah, and black. It's still the same one. You just saw it twice. <laughs> I remember when the Murano first came out, it was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen. And then it they made it is. a convertible. It they, still they, is. They said, hold my beer. My dad used to always say you had to be a Murano to own one of those. <laughs> oh, they were horrible. Well, they, who was it? Uh, Michael Johnson's girlfriend had one and it wasn't, again, it's like the 928. It's a very nice car as long as you don't look at it. I mean, the night, so again, the 928, the early 928s, they were made famous, obviously, because of Scarface and all that. But the later 928, God, look at that thing. Uh, the later 928s, like the S4 and the G, uh, the S4s, which were the very the GT, and the GTS. Yeah. The, the, the 928 GTS was a great car. It was a great looking car, I should say. I wouldn't go that far. It might have been a great car, but it, it's another one of those cars that. Well, wait, wait, but let me finish my thought on 928. Hold on. Because there is one thing that is exceptionally important about the 928 and its design. And Matt knows this, I know, because he's the one that told me. And I had to go look it up and fact, fact check. It got its inspiration from the Pacer. Because the German guy that designed the 928 of the Porsche Mafia thought that the Pacer was a good-looking car. So figure that out. It, what, it, what it just shows you is that there was crack available in uh, Germany in the 70s. They were chasing yeah. the dragon. They they had money back then. It was cocaine, not crack. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh. <laughs> so there's one car that I think is traditionally it's not it's not an attractive car. It's not necessarily an ugly car either. First car to do something in the U.S. and Daniel has probably five billion of these things on his on his lot. Sable wagon. It is actually the Ford Taurus was the first car in the U.S. to have aerodynamic headlights because it had replaceable bulbs rather than sealed beams. But it is an ugly fucking car. <laughs> well, the, the original, I mean, the original Taurus, Ford banked the farm on the original Taurus. Yeah, but when they made the oval, the oval Taurus, yeah. it was the first one with aero headlights in the U.S. because they were the first one to get approval to have replaceable bulbs rather than sealed beams. I'm wondering though, Mike, I gotta, I wanna, I wanna double check that because the Audi 5000 was not everybody's cup of tea but it also was had one of the lowest coefficients of drag for the longest time and i'm wondering if that doesn't beat out the taurus in terms of aerodynamic headlights and all that kind of stuff so i'd, I'd have to dig into that a little bit by aerodynamic headlights i mean ones that were not a sealed beam headlight off the shelf that you buy an auto parts store it actually had a molded piece of plastic that was the lens of the headlight itself. Right, but the 5000s and the coupes and all those cars from the 80s were not sealed beam headlights. With the wraparound headlights, you you could take the bulb out and change them. So I'm thinking that might it might be the first American car that way, but I don't know that it's the first car that has aerodynamics. It, it was supposed to be the first car available for sale in the U.S. that had approval to not use sealed beam well, headlights. Well, I mean, I mean, thanks to, uh, what's that guy from uh, the Green Party? What's his name? Nader. Thanks to Ralph Nader, the 5,000 wasn't sold for very long in the U.S. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so back to the headlight thing real quick. Yeah, yeah. The the reference I found is that the that Ford had to actually request that the NHTSA approve aerodynamic headlights. They might not have been the first to release it, but it said that they were the ones to petition the oh. NHTSA to make that change. Nice. We'll, we'll Snopes this later. We will. But anyway, no, I get it. I mean, the Taurus, when you look at the Taurus in profile, though, you realize it's just a bloated Ford Sierra. I mean, it's the same design. The Mondeo, it's all the same stuff. So why would you choose the Taurus versus the Tempo? 
Oh, the Tempo is just an amazing vehicle. I mean, they look the same. <laughs> Dude, look at that. Well, because the Taurus, you could go with the SHO option, which wasn't even a Ford motor. It was a Yamaha. Yeah, but. Yeah. What is the difference between the Taurus and the Tempo? There's, the Tempo is smaller. It's built on the Escort chassis. Oh, uh, it's the Jetta. The Taurus is the Passat. I get it now. The Taurus is built on the, on the Mondeo. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the Tempo was its own chassis because one of my buddies, uh, his, his mom had a Tempo and then, for whatever reason. It was a great car to play cat and mouse in, though, because we all, we all hated it, so we beat the shit out of it. And to get, to get the Tempo, what did she get rid of? Her Audi 5000. <laughs> and now here's a winner. Stratus, like the Cirrus and the Stratus, the early ones. That's a late. That's a later Stratus. These are cars for people who who know so nothing about cars. It's a it's a rental car. I mean, <laughs> you know, those are cars for people who jump bridges in Detroit. No, that right like, there is how Stratus has come from the factory. It's a. I mean, it's a it's a rental car. Nobody nobody buys nobody actually buys those cars. Yeah. I looked at a Stratus when I was very. You would. When I was much younger, I was trying to look at an SR or whatever they were, the SRT Stratus. I went to take a test drive from the Dodge dealership. He looked at me and said, "No." Yeah. You know what's funny? You know how you know that gold one there that you just uh, hovered over. The best part about this is my next door neighbor. Her mom lives with her, and she's like 157 years old. That's what she drives, a gold Dodge Stratus, exactly like the one there in the picture. I'm surprised it still runs. So I live next. It's probably got 30,000 miles on it because she never drives it. But 30,000 miles and it's on its seventh transmission. <laughs> no, that, that would be a Chrysler Caravan, thank you. They had the Ultra Drive transmission, which was their first four-speed automatic. And it had a, apparently a, a phenomenal ability to grenade for no reason. Well, I'm going to there for going with that buy style like the stratus and things like that you got to bring up the uh sebring well yeah yeah greatest convertible of all time hey i drove one of those cars in erie pennsylvania at an autocross and won i was beating people with street prepared cars because that cat that chassis is so flexible you can turn it anywhere my college roommate, the only reason his his car survived the tornado that hit College Park was probably because it was the 80s Sebring convertible because the roof wasn't strong enough to have that car lifted up like the cars on either side of him. Nice. All right. I'm going to read a model right now, but Brad, search for Chrysler Maserati together. Oh, oh I, know, Maserati I know what car you're talking about. The TC. The TC. Thank you. The Chrysler TC. So... Again, a lot of people might think freaking heinous car, whatever. There's one version of this that's actually a hardtop coupe that you could get. No, no, it's, it's a removable hardtop. Is it a removable hardtop? Okay. So the thing I like about this car is that... They don't make it anymore? Well, the A, they don't make it anymore. It's not a Chrysler power plant, slightly repinned by Maserati, but you could get it with a manual transmission. So for me, I'm kind of like, this is the unicorn Chrysler of that time period, especially like the late 80s, early, early 90s. And I'm kind of like secretly would be like, I would drive that. It is a Chrysler motor. The only difference is it has a different head. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's a Maserati valve train or whatever. So no matter how ugly it is, if it's a manual, that makes it at least where you can have a little fun drive. But I mean, look at it no. in profile as a convertible. It's not bad. Like I It could, looks like a Cadillac. 
I would take that over a little. An Elante? Uh, yeah. Yes. My question is this. Have you ever driven a manual transmission Chrysler of that genre? No, and I kind of secretly want to, and that's why, Matt. No, no, you don't, because I, I used to have to drive it fairly regularly because it was one of the two cars that I got to drive if I left my car at my friend's. Yeah. A Chrysler minivan five-speed. What? Talk about, talk about rare. All right, so look at that car. And shift, shifting that car, made it makes a VW Beetle transmission feel uh, notchy. This apparently is Eric's dream right here. This is this is the sign of his perfect life. Unfortunately, you know, the quarter zip up shirt in dark green. Yeah, that's that's pretty much me right there if you blew that up. But you know, I the one thing I like about the Cadillac for the time period, because it's a 90s car, it's got that kind of squarish Audi look. Like I'm okay with the way it looks, especially with a nice set of wheels. It came in some interesting colors. I think the biggest problem with the the Alante is that. It's got a North Star, so it's got a garbage motor in there, and that's what pretty much ruins it for me. You, you say that now, and knowing what I know about the North Stars, I agree with you, but when they were new, compare that motor to the 4.9 Cadillac motor. You will never say that again. Absolutely. When they first came out, we got it as a rental car. I was TDY down in, and we were able to rent a Cadillac that had the North Star in it. And the place that we were authorized to rent through was closed. We're like, the hell, this so we went to the one next to it to get a car. We were getting 35, 40 minutes from the base. So we're like, all right, what do you have? We're authorized X number of dollars. And I think it was like for the entire week and a half, two weeks we were there, it was like an extra $100 to get this North Star Cadillac. I'm like, dude, let's chip in 25 bucks each. Hell yeah, we're getting a new Cadillac. We did it, get on the highway, my buddy just stomped into it, and it had good acceleration for what it was compared to cars at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying. But if you look at that picture of the Benz versus the Cadillac, obviously I'm going to take the Benz over the Cadillac every day. So. But only if it's brown, right? Yeah, it's got to come in turd brown because that's the only 70s color that matters. So Mercedes hasn't necessarily made the most beautiful cars either. So Well, let's hear some examples. I don't hear anybody throwing anything out. What, the Titan? <laughs> I, so... I will really? say with the black grill, it looks better than with the giant chrome thing that mine has. The only Titans I don't like, Mike, sorry, but I hate this, whatever gill thingy is on the front fender. It's just stupid and it's, and it's functionless. Uh, yeah. So, and the other, the annoying thing is that is like, that's how they announce it's a Cummins or a V8. They're all actually V8s, even the Cummins. All the chrome is what annoys me about mine. And that's, that's I don't, just... I don't mind chrome, but it's just, it's functionless. It doesn't do anything. It's like the uh, the exhaust vents on the, the the on the front fenders of a Trans Am that are nothing but stickers. Buick did that recently with one of their models to throw back to the old Buicks that actually had functional ones. They made a newer Buick model that had non-functional ones on the side of the fenders. Well, but Buick Buick has a long history of that. I mean, the portholes on Buicks were around in the fifties. Yeah, they just stuck them back for no reason. They didn't do anything then either. Brad's too busy looking up some car porn right now. Chevy Lumina. Yeah. The hey, the Lumina, the Lumina won a lot of races. The van. Had nothing to do with the real... Oh, the Lumina van. Well, they that, had a that... Warner Brothers edition of the Lumina van that came with a little badge on the back that had Bugs Bunny on it, and that was the one that came with the TVs inside for the kids to watch. Well, that, the, is, that is the Dustbuster. was the replacement for the silver. Lumina, yeah, that, that's the original Dustbuster. That's the original space shuttle like we do on now. I know, right? They uh, uh, when that that's, thing came out, they've raced that in lemons. Okay, so look up the Suzuki X90. 
Hey, now, I want one of those. They're hot. No, it's not. Oh, that's awesome with the plow. The X, the X90, the, the X90 is the only thing I want aside from a Geo Metro convertible. What else we got? Oh, I got all sorts of fun. Look stuff. up at Suzuki X90. You're just asking for a beat. It's that's like, one of the few. That's one of the few ugly cars you can still find every now and then, too. Right. But here's the thing: the Tracker, I think, looks better than that. I mean, look, that's just Tracker's a different car. It does look like it's made by Tonka. I mean, it's... it looks like it's made by Hot Wheels. <laughs> it wouldn't... looks like it's made by Fisher Price. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fisher Price. That's I agree completely on that. That is yeah. terrible. See, and that's, here's the thing: Suzuki had it right with the Samurai. Why they tried to do this with the X90? And I think a lot of it, they want the rounded lines and things like that to try to appeal yeah. to women to drive it because the Samurai, women didn't like the way it looked. So, well, didn't they also, because I remember it was a big thing when I was in high school that Suzuki was getting in trouble for the rollover risk of the Samurai. It was the rollover for the Samurai and for the Trooper. They were very, very top-heavy. The Amigo. Yeah, but the Samurai The Samurai had a shorter wheelbase, and therefore it, it was more prone to rollover than the Trooper. I mean, well, if you... If you uh, I know a guy who rolled three of them. Good well, but it, the problem is the exploder, even even without the tire issues, was more top was, was tippier was just as tippy as the other two. Well, in the Explorer, they they had problems through that production room where one time they upgraded the model to the next generation and forgot to widen the track of where they attached the the wheels on the next generation, so the wheels were too close in on one of the generations for the first the early start of the production run. The, the Explorer had all sorts of issues through its production. Well, they were they were horrible. They were horrible to drive because it was a Ranger pickup truck. It was extended and bloated with all kinds of shit, so it was super heavy. At one point, they, I think they gave that model a V8. We had one of those with a V8, the Eddie Bauer, that, that one, a green one, yeah. Eddie Bauer edition. We had one of those. I actually loved driving it because it was just a nice, nice thing. And when my other choice was the conversion van, that was a nice uh, change. I actually like conversion vans, but that's if I were to travel cross country because they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're horrible for anything else. The conversion vans are great. You know, you, you and 10 of your friends. And they get airborne. So Mike, when you speak of the Explorer Sport, the two-door version of it, my grandfather had one of those. We, we had the, we had the four-door Eddie Bauer. Yeah. So I will say this. My grandfather always owned international trucks until international stopped making smaller size trucks. They started buying Ford trucks all the way up till it was probably around 97 time frame when he had that Explorer Sport. And he decided, you know what? I don't like it. He went and traded in on a uh, Tahoe. And that was the first GM he had ever bought in his life. So I have to thank the Explorer Sport for converting my grandfather from a Ford guy to a GM guy. Well, okay. So that's not a fair comparison, though, because you're talking about going from a blazer sized vehicle to a 1500 Tahoe sized vehicle. Oh, so I, that's, that's not apples to apples. It, it's not, but I don't care. Just, just cause it lured him go. to the, I mean, that's, you know, just cause that's what made him sell his soul to the devil. You know, you can't, you can't blame that. <laughs> the Explorer Sport is as much a Ford truck as a, as a Chevy love as a Chevy pickup. How about the Explorer Sport track? No, no, thank you. You see those? I haven't seen one of those in a while, but yes, they were pretty bad. Granada, Bronco 2, Sable Wagon. Dude, you're winning them all. Good Lord. Uh, so I actually, so the, the F-150 I had is also the F-150 that was sold as the Lightning. Well, there was a I, Lightning before yours. 
Well, the the ninety three was the one that everyone bought, that everyone wanted to be a poser tuner, <laughs> or whatever. And uh, I absolutely hate the looks of that truck, but I love the idea of that truck. I'll give the Ford Lightning credit for the fact that they were taking that step up, putting a performance engine into a truck. Because prior to that, Ford hadn't really done a whole lot of that. And GM always had like their SSs and things like that. Don't, well, not, not don't even talk about what an SS badge Chevy will stick anything on. They had an SS Malibu wagon. No, the Malibu Max, baby. Malibu Max. I mean, they have an SS HHR. You can't trust Chevy for shit. And it's the fastest thing on track. Well, in the early years, you know, Chevrolet, uh, yeah, GM, GM SS actually meant something. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, towards the 90s, it started with the Lumina. They, 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 had, they had the Chevy, uh, Chevy Lumina or the Chevy Celebrity. And how do you sell a Chevy Celebrity? Because it sucks. You call it a Euro Sport. Why? Because it's a Euro and therefore it must be worth buying. I, I will say uh, that Chevy was fine when they stuck Z whatever on everything under the goddamn sun, but kept SS for actual performance cars. But once they stuck SS on the Malibu Max and a couple other stupid models, it's like, the fuck are you doing? Just stop. It's all about branding for people to buy it. Well, it's what they, and that's what they did. I mean, it's it just like the Mustang Mach-E, which now yeah. everybody just calls the Mach-E and they've dropped the Mustang, but still apparently a Mustang. Except in Ford, in Ford advertising, they said, we made the Mustang, blah, 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 electric, something, something, something. <sighs> so what else we got? Woogie, woogie, woogie. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I've had a lot of scotch. Um, I'm trying to remember what year it was that Nissan had a Maxima, and it had this giant buck-tooth grill like an Audi, but it had a center bar that was chrome, and it looked like a big, giant chrome buck-tooth. Mm. Try to remember early two, early two thousands, I think. I think you're right. That was the most god awful. Well, that was the same car that uh, Nissan, in their infinite wisdom, did not install a sunroof. They installed. Yeah, they, they had those that long clear window. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck were you think? Well, their minivan was better. It had little uh, what do they call them portals. Nissan gave you a skylight <laughs> over each seat. So that was that was actually. The late 2000s, early 2010 model Maxima, because the 90s Maxima was actually good looking. The the one after that was, eh, and then the one you're describing, yeah, went to hell. And the best, right. the, be the best thing I'm learning about Maximus, the front core support. What's the first thing you do when you buy a 10 year old Maxima? Replace the core support because it's rotten. I was gonna say drive it into a wall. But... No, they're they're actually <laughs> not that. Sell it. <laughs> you just sell it. You buy it to sell yeah. it. Let's see. What else do I got? Unless somebody else wants to jump in. Oh, uh, Isuzu Via Cross. I like the Via Cross. I wanted one so bad when it came out. I mean, that just shows there's no accounting for taste. The the Iron the Iron Man Via Cross. I thought it was awesome. That V6 it, with 200 some odd horsepower. The Via Cross is weird. I, I, I was wanting, I wanted to buy one and go right to the Dakar Rally. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I don't know that it was ugly. It was just weird. But then, I mean, look, the all-time ugly but kicks-ass car is still the BMW, the original BMW M Coupe, the, cl the clown shoe. The clown shoe. So a car that a lot of people love that I thought was ugly, the first-generation Supra, I thought it was an ugly-ass car. It, in, in no way, shape, or form is appealing to me looks-wise. The original Supra was just a – it was just a – it was just a, a Celica. Yeah, I mean, if you got one of the – but if you got one of the twin-turbo ones – 
Even the, a fourth, yeah. a fourth gen, a way later. One? No, no, the first gen. A guy know had a, a turbo. Like seventy, like seventy eight. Yeah, it was. They weren't turbo. They were six cylinders. I was going to well, say the yeah. one he had had a turbo on it, and it was that was it. That was an add on. Yeah, oh, you're think you're right. thinking, you're thinking that big heavy thing with the teeth with the with the uh, were turbo. Uh, yeah. With the target roof, they were right? But that's, that's the FC or whatever it is. The target, the target roof one. That was that was its own. That was its own unique car. It wasn't. That wasn't a Celican. Yeah, it was ugly, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything special either because it was heavy. Fast and Furious Supra. Which was the third gen Supra? That was the round one. Like uh, no, that was the fourth gen. That's the fourth gen. That's the last Supra until the new one. I think the third gen is the one that he's talking about, which is the one right. that had it had a target top and it was a big heavy thing. But the first two Supras were like old school Celicas, like the very, very early Supras, like a, 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 yeah. a liftback or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. called a Celica Supra. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, all, and all it was was a Celica with a six cylinder. Right. Which, which was pretty cool because I, to be wholly honest with you, I kind of like the original. The second gen was more... Uh, it was still rear-wheel drive, but it was that really, really uh, rectangular look. Yes, it looked like a Stereon, basically, is what it looked See, like. Yeah, 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 the second gen, yeah. That second gen was, it was, I mean, it was square as square could be. I didn't mind that. I, did, I didn't mind the second gens. The third gens were just bloated versions of the second, of the second gens. Well, the, pro the problem with the, with, the, with the third gen was that it had the Targa roof and it had a turbo motor, but it was its own unique body and it didn't do anything. It was just... It's sort of like a GTR. It's big and bloated. Right. Well, and then, so like speaking of Celicas, when they came out in the early 2000s, I went back to that really boxy look. I oh, yeah. The really, yeah. Fan of that look. I just think it's an ugly look. Well, even the ones that Ron has, they look like little birds, right? It's yeah, like it's... they never made a super version of that car. They were like, no Celica super there. Well, they stopped making supers after the last. Well, the last super had no bearing on a, on a Celica at all. Yeah. Well, it did. It did. Because if you look at its lines, especially the fourth gen, it looks like the very last version of the like Carlos Sands era rally cars. If you really look at its lines, they took that car and widened it and lengthened it. But it's still basically a, a Celica at the end. of the Yeah, day. but it's yeah, but it was front engine, rear drive, you know, and so on and so on and so on that, you know, and, and the, the Celica by that point was front wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Except for the all-track versions of it, but still, it still yeah, retained like the window shape and some of the silhouette of the Celica. So you could say it's loosely associated with it. But the fourth-gen Supers are good today, in my opinion, much like the RS. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're they're commanding big money. Yeah. yeah. So the fourth gen actually had more in common with a Lexus than it did a Celica. Yeah, like the what was that one called? In the SC three hundred, SC four. Yeah. Yeah, it used the 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 drivetrain parts from those as opposed to a Celica. Some name it was like a solar name, like Soar. Soar, there it is. Soar, yeah. Which was the original SC, I think, right? As well, was based on that the SC three hundred. Yeah. yeah, SC. Yeah, three hundred and four hundred. All right. So what other what other ugly cars do we have out there, Mike? Subaru Tribeca. Oh God. Oh, yeah. the, the first one with the tombstone. Yes. That one was on my list. The two thousand five. So I'm going to throw it out there because it's not a four-wheel uh, vehicle. Reliant Robin? <laughs> the Isaac. I, I do agree with that. Many of the three-wheel vehicles are just weird-looking. Well, Brad vehicles. will fight you on that because he likes the, the Morgan three-wheel thing. Uh, well, the, the trikes are cool. They're weird, but they're cool. 
but I'm not, I don't see it. The BMW C1, it's a scooter, it has like a windshield, and everything comes up over you. It looks like a big old roll cage where you can hit the brakes hard enough and you just roll over back to your tires again. I mean, it's like, I mean, have you seen the BMW Z1, the prototype before the Z3s where the doors would go down into the rocker? Those, that was amazing. I saw one in person. They're, they're wicked, but they're not the most attractive car in the world, that's for sure. No, but I saw one at the BMW Museum down in uh, North Carolina mm-hmm. at the factory. And per- like those doors are awesome. Yeah, they are pretty slick. Did you so, see the episode of Top Gear where Clarkson tried to drive one? No. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. I, I want to say GM had a car back in the like 60s. It was a prototype where the doors went down into the floorboard under well, the reasoning, apparently, according to Clarkson, where I remember watching this episode, the reasoning BMW had for the doors retracting into the rocker panels on the Z1 was so that because at the time period, women in miniskirts could get in the car without showing off their lady. This unless, unless their name was Paris Hilton. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, that's different. She was trying to show off. <laughs> Brand new Camry actually doesn't look half bad funny. It's not nearly as bland as it had been. Except those, like, if you look at the performance models of the new Camry, you see those vents on the back bumper that aren't really vents. Oh, not not being bland, it doesn't mean it's automatically a good-looking car, though. Oh, Just yeah, because so they made it does look, not make it the, good. Look at the new Civic. Oh, yeah. Look at the new Civic. You want to talk about a bunch of fake vents. I've got another hot take for an ugly car. Oh, go for it, Brad. This one's new. Oh, is that the Senna? Yes, it functions, or it is it, it fastest car in the world right now, or whatever. But holy crap, it's got a face only a mother can love. Yeah, or a computer in the back and an interior and everything only a mother could love. The car is hideous, I think. The Senna is it's weird. I mean, they took like a what a P seven twenty and just really let the the boffins do whatever they wanted to do on the computer. I mean, it's it's it, it's. it's out of Forza, it's weird. Yeah. That's what happens when engineers design a car completely. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202 630 1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org we'd love to hear from you hey listeners crew chief eric here do you like what you've seen heard and read from gtm great so do we and we have a lot of fun doing it but please remember we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no annual fee organization but we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help.